Hello, and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Never a Duke by Grace Burroughs. This was just published in 2022 and is the seventh book in the Rogues to Riches series. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy from NetGalley. And we have not reviewed the first six full novels and however many novellas in this series. This is the first episode in this series that we are reviewing. You did not miss anything. You didn't. And we have reviewed one other Grace Burroughs book. I think it was called Lady Louisa's Christmas Night. There's a second one, too. There is a second Christmas book. And we both read it, but we haven't reviewed it on the podcast. That has been on the schedule for literally years. And we will probably someday get to it. (laughs) It's a Christmas novella. It's cute. I actually... I don't mean this to be like the burn that it maybe is going to sound like. I like her Christmas novellas more than I liked this. The full length. Yeah, yeah. I think... And and disclaimer, you guys know I hate starting in the middle of a series, and this was maybe not the best series, but we just couldn't get through six full-length novels plus however many novellas just to review this. Yes. Um, I I don't think I missed anything in this story from missing the first six. I do think I missed the character context that might have been required for me to really get on board with Ned. Yes. Um, but so all that is to say, like, I recognize my own bias here, but I do think trimming the fat of the wider, like, story and not having the same expectation for sexiness makes yeah. me like the novellas a little bit more. I think my expectations were higher. Yes. For both sexiness and plot for this in a way that just her writing suits a novella better. I agree. So what is this book about? Let's read the book jacket. Despite having humble origins and a criminal past, Ned Wentworth has learned to dress, waltz, and express himself as elegantly as any lordling. When Lady Rosalind Kinwood's maid goes missing, her ladyship turns to Ned precisely because he still has friends in low places and skills no titled dandy would ever acquire, much less admit he possesses. Rosalind is too opinionated and too intelligent, and has frequently suffered judgment at polite society's hands. In the quietly observant Ned Wentworth, she finds a man who actually listens to her and who respects her for her outspokenness. As the search for the missing maids grow more perilous, sick, Rosalind and Ned will have to risk everything, including their hearts, if they are to share the happily ever after that Mayfair's matchmakers have begrudged them both. This is not a, this is not inaccurate. Actually, I don't think it's bad at all because you get a sense of like what the book is going to be about, which is a very staid romance. I think the only criticism I have other than the typo is I think this jacket puts the emphasis on the wrong things. Mm. Like, I think you read this thinking it's going to be a class difference book and it's not at all. Yeah. Um, there really is no, he is as accepted in polite society as she is realistically. Realistically. Like they are very similarly positioned. They're not, warmly accepted her for her personality and him for his sort of questionable upbringing. Right. But they're both too well connected for anyone to actually snub. Right. So, like, that's not actually a conflict, and they don't actually have any angst about it. No, this book is 
extremely low angst. In the romance. In the relationship, yes. Whereas the real conflict in this book comes from this quest for the missing maids. Mm -hmm. And so you'd actually think we'd really like that because usually we like books where the main characters are working together on an external problem. I do usually really like and that. And I liked that part of that this part book. part of it, yep. But so I think that's the only thing with the, the jacket makes it seem like this is going to be an angsty romance about two people who are like star-crossed. Yeah. And it is not. No. Well, what is it actually about? Luckily for you, as usual, we generated a random number between 1 and 50, and then we wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. For this episode, the number is 11. Should I start? You should. Okay. He's actually not a duke, but he is rich, so same, same. I want to talk about the wider universe this is set in. Yes, because, okay, yes, okay, but first, what's your summary? If he cares about your kidnapped maids, he's definitely a keeper. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's not, that is actually pretty true. But that's really, that's what brings them together. And ultimately, the fact that the two of them both care for these women that the rest of society is sort of willing to dismiss out of hand mm -hmm. is the trait in each other they're, they're most attracted to. That's why, and that's why they are close and it's why they're compatible. I do think we sometimes read books where I'm like, this was sexy, this was fun, I followed the plot, but I don't actually get where these two people fall in love. I have a lot of other criticisms of this book, but I 100% get why these two people fall in love. Yes, I agree with you. I was <laughs> going to say, that's not the problem in this book. <laughs> Uh, what are the, what are the tropes, Lane? Okay, so his dark past means he doesn't deserve her. That is the yeah. only romantic obstacle trope. Yes, and it's pretty quickly taken care of. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, his, like, feeling too good for her, feel, feeling she's too good for him is, like, a thread through the book, but the degree to which it actually impacts, there's one scene where well, it seems like it's, it's going to actually be cause of angst. It's a thread, but it's also a trope that I really like because, in my opinion your significant other should kind of feel that way about you. Like Agreed. not that they don't deserve you, but that you are so good that no one could measure up to you. Like, I love that. Well, and ultimately it's people believing stereotypes about themselves in some ways. Like society does shit on people who have been to prison. Right. Still. So Absolutely. the fact that Ned has a lot of, not insecurity, he's clearly come to terms with it in his own past, but like sort of believes that he's lesser because of it. Well, and also thinks that she deserves more than he does. Th than he can than provide. he is. Yes. Yeah. And like, the, I 100% like, he's wrong. And the text does a great job of underscoring that he's wrong. But I believe why, I understand why he feels that way. Right. And it's not actually really an obstacle. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a sad, tra tragic orphan. He's an extremely sad, extremely tragic orphan. I'm going to just put this in here now. He was the saddest of all sad, tragic orphans. And then three quarters of the book, she throws in a night he was almost forced into sex slavery. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is where like sexual violence and the threat of sexual assault added nothing yeah, to yeah. this text. It was unnecessary. Nothing. Yeah. His life was awful. The fact that one night someone drugged him and tried to rape him and sell him into sex slavery, I was like, this is too far. Okay. Grace, you, did, you did nothing here. I mean, yes, but also... Uh, okay, I have to admit, she was really writing it as though he had been a prostitute, right? Or had been trafficked or had been forced into prostitution. And the fact that he wasn't, 
it's it's the same way I felt about worth any price. It's like you, you want to get the shock value, the shock value, but you don't want to actually put your hero through this. And so, on the one hand, I don't want to be like, God, he should have been forced into sex slavery. But on the other hand, maybe there should there are heroes out there like that who then can help combat the stigma, right? Right. And you're, you're not even getting the brownie right. points for combating the stigma with exactly. this. Exactly. I also want to point out in a similar vein that you do get POV chapters from two of the missing maids. Yes. Or like conversations, POV is the wrong word, but scenes with conversations between two of the missing maids. I think it's really interesting that they picked the two who hadn't been sexually assaulted. Yep. So same thing, like they're trying to, Grace Burroughs is trying to make sexual assault a part of the risk of a lot of the major conflict points here, but then backs off before anyone who was sexually assaulted actually has a voice. Right. And so I do feel like you kind of have to either commit or don't bring it up. Because you know? you're a- it added nothing. Right, right, right. Exactly. To the text. I just want to, again, point out that it's not a class difference book at all. Yeah. Like, even within the book, occasionally some other characters say things like maybe it could be, and the whole point is those characters are wrong and trying right. to come up with a fake reason. Yeah. Yeah. So... We, we've already talked about it. He was in jail. He was actually a criminal. Yes, so he, he was, was like a, wrongfully imprisoned or wrongfully accused. I mean, he was imprisoned for like trying to feed himself effectively. So I mean, it was he was a child. It's a very Jean Valjean yes. situation. <laughs> it's a Jean Valjean, but twelve years old. Right situation. <laughs> oh my god. Also, though, I wanted. We're going to have to have a spoilers discussion in this. We do. We've, like, said a little more than we usually would, but, like, we have not really spoiled anything. Nope, nope we, we have to. We have to have a spoiler tag. Oh, my God, yes. She was sent away by her family when she was inconvenient. Yes. She is, like, the black sheep. Yes, and then there's, like, an 11th hour revelation about that, too. There's a there- lot of last minute, like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. Or, by the way, this happened. Talk about, like, I can't even pin one thing that, like, you're in a character's perspective, so you should know this. Because there's just so many. It's a lot. Oh, yes. She has to... It's a, I, I do think it's funny when the aristocrat has to, you know, wear their maid's clothes or whatever. He knows how to do it because he's lived on the other side of the tracks. But he's, his clothes are still too nice. Yes. So, like, they both have to, like rub dirt on themselves every time they cross a certain part of town so they don't stand out. And I'm like, I don't think this works as well as you think it does. But I do like how he was like, look, even my, he's not a member of the ton. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, he's a banker. Mm-hmm. But even, uh, you know, middle, upper middle class guy has got to really, you know, get déclassé. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, last but not least, they got to make up because she's crying. Yeah. And I want to point out there weren't a whole lot of, like, there's a lot of romance character tropes in that, but there aren't a lot of romance tropes. No, this isn't like a second chance or a bad boy. Or, or even, like, waltzes or make out in the garden or make out in a carriage. or yeah. Like, they're just... So this is not a tropey book. It's not a tropey book in terms of their romance. No. They are both character archetypes, but that's as far as the tropes yes. go. So let's talk about his character because I like that he's an unconventional hero. I do think the novel, the name of the novel, 
So the title of the novel is Never a Duke, and he is not a duke. He will never be a duke. This is all true. I just think it's funny because when you read a title that's never a duke, you assume that he's going to become a duke later. Or, a la that one book we read that is extremely inaccurate, somehow his dukedom was taken from him. He was a duke and then somehow got stripped of the title or something like that. Right. And in, in this book, he is related by adoption and marriage to like five dukes. Not marriage at all. No, no. His adopted, when I say marriage, his adopted sisters married dukes. That's what I mean. Yes, his adopted sisters. Yes. But, right, by adoption and then marriage. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So he was adopted by a duke who he met in prison. This is all stuff that we have gathered, by the way, from this book because we didn't read the others. But he was adopted by a duke when he was in prison. And then his duke, this duke also had other family. And then like three or three or four, I'm not even kidding, of his sisters married other dukes. Well, I was only sure of four siblings. Okay. The duke. So there's the duke. His little brother. The duke's like actual little biological brother. Yes. Who is his heir because the duke only has daughters. Right. Then two sisters, one of whom married a duke, uh -huh. and the other who married that duke's little brother. Right? <laughs> but then there's another who married a different duke, too. There were people mentioned in passing that were cousins. Okay, maybe they're cousins. And I think they were earls. There, there was definitely two people who married two dukes. Yes. For sure. But there's also other random family tree appendages. Yes. And I think also just because I... We didn't read the earlier books. I'm not sure who's like biologically related and who's related by sentiment. Yeah. Because it seems like the specter of illegitimacy has been a recurring theme yes. in this series from right. like the way people talked around issues. So I'm like not sure who's really legitimate and not. There were so many family members that. And they all played a part in the text right. and I was supposed to care. This happened when we read Lady Louisa's Christmas Night too. I don't know if you remember that, but there, there are, it's happened here too in this book. There were actually sex scenes or like foreplay scenes between previous characters that were equally as explicit as those between our main characters. Yes. So I, I do think that we would have benefited from understanding the family relationship from reading those other books in a different way than the Sinster books, for example. Yeah. And it also seems like a lot of, so obviously the, they're working to solve a mystery here, the mystery of the missing maids. And it seems like a lot of the family members have special skills right, to assist in investigations, whether it's brute force or the typical either brute force or I have a, a power of the peerage. But like one of the women who married him was like a thief taker. And the right. other seems like she was somehow responsible for breaking people out of prison on the regular. Something like that. But there was stuff there too where they were like, well, you really need to talk to her about this. And somebody was like, well, oh, I don't want to. And it's like, but why? <laughs> like, what's the relationship or what does this person do? Well, and a big part of this book too is that Rosalind sees him in a way that his family doesn't. Mm -hmm. His family loves him very much, but they don't understand his motivations or the fact that he's kind of playing a role a little bit for them to please them. Yes. And that came across fine when you were reading it, but I... 
depending on how well the other ones are written, it could have been really interesting to have the new viewpoint, right? Yes. Like, I think I didn't like his family as much as I was supposed to. Yeah. And I think, I think that if you had had their love stories, you would have liked them more. Exactly. I completely agree. The one thing I want to mention is, so we understand that they're together because she approaches Ned to look for these missing maids. Why? That's my question. I was like, why? How did she know that she should go to Ned? Because the very beginning of the book, it seems like he knows her at least a little bit. But then it turns out that they don't actually know each other. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm confused. Why was she like, yeah, I'll go to Ned. I, I don't, I still don't understand. That's the one, I think I understood everything else in the book. Like, I understand the plot and the conclusion and why they fell in love. Like, I understand all this stuff, but I don't understand the very beginning when she approaches him. And they, I, the impression I got, and maybe I missed something, because again, maybe we missed a meeting in an earlier book, was that she knew him by reputation because of like the scandal of him sort of not really being a Wentworth. But that does not explain her trusting him with something like this. Immediately, yeah. Like, it's one thing to know he might have a dark past. It's another to know he's a trustworthy person. Yeah. So this book deals with some really heavy stuff. I think Grace Burroughs does a really good job of research. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I feel like this book does tackle class issues in a different way than other romances. It's a less um, fantasy way, right? It's a less wish fulfillment way of looking at it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more critique of the societal structure. Yeah. On some fronts. On some fronts. And... I think, on the one hand, I kind of like that. There are books like um, Courtney Milan's books often do this as well. Um, I prefer hers, I think. Courtney's? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe partially because I feel like in this book, the social structure was exposed and criticized, mm -hmm. but the characters didn't really take it on mm -hmm. explicitly. They were like, yeah, this is bad, and I'm going to do what I can for this small segment, like these three people, you know? I think for me, Ned's upbringing showed a lot of injustice. Yes. They weren't actually working to solve that injustice. Exactly. Like, and these women were kidnapped and exploited right and they brought the kidnappers to justice in the end i mean spoiler alert they end up together pretty much spoiler <laughs> alert they solve the mystery You're right but they don't do anything for the systemic issues so it's right. weird like this book acknowledges the systemic issues and then does nothing to advocate for their change exactly i agree yeah that's that's exactly how i feel about it and i think you described it better than i did so thank you I finished the book about four hours ago, so a lot of it's fresher in my head. <laughs> Look, I, I was saying this to Lane before we started recording. I, I really, I feel like I really want to like her, Grace Burroughs' books because her writing is not bad. I like the straightforward, I really like her prose. Like it's very straightforward um, and it's not like super flowery, but that does mean that there's less urgency in it. I, I think I like her prose, but not her plot. 
I didn't mind the plot. I don't mind the characters. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint like what fell flat, but it, it just feels it just feels like it fell flat. It doesn't feel like it's a bad book. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but Meg and I concurred that these were the most boring sex scenes we'd ever read. <laughs> yeah. And then the mystery. I I def I figured out what was happening way before any of them did. And I was like, am I that much smarter than them? Or is this one of those mysteries? I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't care if I figure out a mystery. And in fact, sometimes when I do, then I feel really annoyed at the characters for not figuring it out. Here's what I'll say about that. I also like had a sense of what was happening before the characters did, but I still don't feel like any of it was actually explained. Like yeah. I don't, I feel like I knew what was happening, but I still don't truly know why. Other well, than just, like, evil for evil's sake. Yeah. Which is always something that frustrates Megan. Yeah. Well, for me, too, it's, it's that old saying or that old, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, um, where, you know, when you're, when you're looking at an issue or a problem, like, you're like, oh, I always end up with jerks. You're like, well, you know, the, the common denominator is you. And I'm like, okay, so the maids who are all kidnapped are all close to Rosalind in one way or the other. So, like, maybe you should look closer to home. Well, and I think it was interesting. One of the things I think Grace Barrows did to try to put off the reader realizing is sort of disguise the scale of the problem. Right. So you know Rosalind has two missing maids. And you find out pretty early in the text from the perspective of the two missing maids that they are not the first and other girls are being brought into them. And then you hear of other people who've been kidnapped. I can't tell you how many women went missing. I can't either. Like, you're never actually told. You're never actually told. So I think one of the ways, like, you're trying to get a sense of... So I can't decide if I'm frustrated because there is no way people with connections to the aristocracy, even if they're in service, could go missing on a huge scale... And no one would notice. Or it wasn't a big scale, which I'm sort of left feeling at the end. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the fact that everyone was sort of connected to Rosalind <laughs> is way more obvious. Right. Like Either way. Right. Like, the question was, was it not obvious because so many women went missing that it really should have gotten to the point that other people were talking about it? Or was it not obvious because they're dumb? You, right. Yeah. And I mean, I felt like it was it was because they were dumb. Even though they were presented as being intelligent, compassionate. You know. There was also, like, a network right. to kidnap the women, right? Yeah. And so, like, the big bad are caught, mm -hmm. and you know their motivation was financial. But how, the, like, the literal how. The rest of it, yeah. And even what the point was. So I think this is, like, a non-real spoiler. The women are going to be transported, Right. Because they're hotter than the prisoner women. They're younger, but yeah. They're of marriageable age, basically. But who's paying for that? Like, I get that the whole point was the, the evil people behind it were getting paid mm -hmm. to sub out these women. By who? Do people care that the men on the penal colony are, like, not getting enough sex from hot women? Who cares? Like, literally, and I don't mean that, like, why would anyone? I mean, literally, who cares enough to fund this right. whole endeavor? Yeah, that's the question. 
And so I think that's where I think the, the, the mystery did not work at all for me. And I say her plot did not work at all for me. Yeah. Like, clearly, this is one piece of a bigger network, and it's treated as if the problem's been solved. Right, It's like neither the systemic issues or even this network have been thwarted. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, the very end, it falls into the trope of, like, okay, this probably is what would have happened, and I think probably Grace Burroughs was like, I'm going to go for historical accuracy. But the people, the perpetrators are not exactly punished in the way you want them to be. Correct. And I do feel like in a romance novel, you kind of really want to get that, you know? That, like... The justice. The justice. And I think you're supposed to read Rosalind standing up for herself as the justice, and it's like, no, girl. No. No. But I did really like this couple. Oh, my God, yeah. I did feel like they were really well-suited, I liked their interactions with each other, how much they respected each other, how they saw each other. I liked their attitudes yep. towards sex. Absolutely. And like romance, they, they were clearly not overwhelmed by lust, but clearly not holding themselves out for like arbitrary social reasons. Yeah. I, so I really liked the couple. I think it was the surrounding everything else that made it a little more difficult. And usually we'll forgive a lot for a good couple. And I, this is definitely a romance. I don't want to like say this is not like a historical mystery with romance as the B plot. Sometimes we'll like make that argument. This is definitely a romance A plot, but the mystery took up a lot of it. I swear, Lane. And his angst. We said the same exact thing for Lady Louise's Christmas night. We said we really like this couple and we will forgive a lot, but But not here. (laughs) Ugh. Okay, content warnings, offensiveness. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. His upbringing was hard. Sex trafficking and sex labor, like the specter and the threat of that is a part of his backstory and an ominous thing hanging over the heads of these kidnapped women. Yeah. I think one thing we haven't specifically called out um, that we, I would like to mention as a content warning is that her family of origin is neglectful and abusive as well. Yes, I think it's just by comparison. <laughs> no, it's true. But, you know, if you grew up in a family with a father who... Sent you away because you had a stammer? Right. Yeah. I mean, not that that probably hasn't happened in the modern world, but, you know, if you did have a, a family of origin that was really difficult, that treated you differently than your siblings, for example. His, But, like, that happened to her. His father was kidnapped off the dock and he never saw him his again. His father was impressed. His mother then immediately fell and died of like tuberculosis. And his brother, brother his only was surviving family, hanged. was hanged in front of him yep. for thievery they committed together. Right. So like his upbringing, and so he was committed to Newgate where he met the Duke and they helped a bunch of other women and children and wrongfully convicted people. So there's just a lot of, like, the system failed all of these people and right. tragedy befell them, just interwoven through the whole narrative. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about the sex in this book. The, we were, okay, the situations and the context for the sex was something that I think we really were interested and was a little, was unique. And I think we liked that part. But the sex itself was very boring. Okay, so a couple things. They have one kiss that is very sweet. It is not like a sexy kiss. And I'm not saying that it's like sweet kisses are good too. Yeah. 
Then, <laughs> sweet kisses. Look, we like mm-hmm. sweet kisses, okay? The next scene that I would describe as a romance scene is sex on a picnic blanket. And then there's nothing until after the epilogue. Right. And I look, girl likes sex after the conflict is resolved, but the conflict, there was never conflict between them. Between so them. it's not like they're, anyway. Um, you never knew where the hands were. Right. And it wasn't closed door, but it also wasn't at all explicit. No, it wasn't. It was, it, and I just said her prose isn't flowery. So it wasn't even like flowery. Right. It's not like it was so purple. You didn't know what was happening. It was like. The sex was maybe two short paragraphs and it would be like the the last one too where like they were like he sort of slipped in her as a quick tease and I'm like wait what <laughs> it was like the opposite of sexy yeah yeah a- absolutely okay I think we're gonna do a spoiler tag oh we have to um so if you want to bow out now remember to rate review subscribe and check us out wherever you can find plot on the internet Otherwise, we're going to vent about all the 11th inning revelations. Because there's a lot, a lot that happens at the very end. 11th hour, not 11th inning. Sorry. Yeah, 11th <laughs> inning, 11th hour. Same, same thing, right? Okay. So I think similar to him not actually being sexually assaulted, a lot of these 11th hour revelations didn't actually add anything. Well, it was so... Okay, so he wasn't actually sexually assaulted. But then... <laughs> I couldn't... Be- I could not believe it. Because I was like, you can't... You can't bring these men to justice, but you can't... Turns out that his father didn't die. That his brother also was not hanged. And that his brother and father met up in New Zealand or Australia. And then his brother just happened to be in the pub that he randomly proposed to Rosalind in. Oh my god, it was like, what the heck? For, for a novel that doesn't feel super tropey or super romancy, or even give you the justice that you want, like the bad people get bad things to happen to them, the opposite thing happened. Good people had all these good things happen to them. Yeah, and it's not... So his father, he, he didn't know if his father was dead. So it's not like his father being alive was the twist. His, his father just, like, fell off the record after he was kidnapped I mean, by the Navy. Yes, but his father never came back to England right. to find him, which I was like, that's kind of shitty. No, super shitty. But then the fact that the brother <laughs> traded identities with a dying boy. Yep. So the dying boy was killed in his place. Yep. And his brother was too short to see it wasn't him on the scaffolding. Oh my God. And by the time his brother came back for him... He was too successful, to, and he was like, you just didn't want to know your criminal brother. Oh. <laughs> I was so pissed. And then the brother just, like, immediately joins the rescue mission. I swear to God. I was like, what the heck? It was all... Ned's life was basically, like, every problem that he ever had in his life was solved in the span of, like, three hours in one afternoon. He proposes to Rosalind. She accepts. There's a there's something about a dog in there too. That yeah. something with the dog happened, and then his family shows back up. The long lost family mm-hmm. who he thought was dead, and then they save the women. And then they save the women. Also, eleventh hour. Uh, she's illegitimate. Oh yeah, and that like mm-hmm. explains why her father treats her like garbage. Yeah, it's like that added nothing. No, it didn't add anything. It didn't matter that no. he treated her badly because she wasn't his blood. Like, the way he treated her was so unacceptable. Yeah. And let's face it, he treated her the way other fathers 
of legitimate children who are bad and abusive parents right. have in romance novels. Yeah, like, he didn't. I, I don't know why that was. I don't know why that was added. I, unless it was to be like, oh, I'm not related to this horrible man. But she's still related to the horrible brothers. Like, they were actually children of the mother. Hmm. It's true. So it doesn't, like, unless your b- blood will prevail and she was her mother's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, father's daughter, but yeah. No, like, she was the one who took after the mother and the yeah, evil yeah, brothers yeah, took, yeah, after yeah, the took after the father. It was just, it was a very strange, and even, like, all of the conflict which was limited, but like the angst about his place in the Wentworth family yeah, was all sort of solved by confrontations in the 11th hour where people made revelations out of nowhere. And like, this is the thing that I do think reading the previous books in the series, like I don't know to what degree I like, these were new conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, I loved that one of the brothers murdered their dad and this is a spoiler for an earlier book in the series like clearly it came up in that book but the way it's treated in this book is just a passing mention and it was like what the fuck yeah it's like oh okay okay i mean whatever i do think too much happened in this book yeah there was a lot that happened in the it book. was too long well and, and I, the sex was not sexy i think the juxtaposition too of this super low angst romance that normally i would have been very interested in reading with the extremely high stakes everything else was it was a little rough yeah so it's hard to like recommend or not recommend without having the context of the other books honestly yeah i feel like this could be a really nice wrap up to the series I liked their, I did really like their romance and I did really like their characters. And I will say this hasn't like burned me out on Grace Burroughs. Mm -mm. Like I'm very willing to read another Grace Burroughs book having finished this. That's the thing is like, I, I feel like she has these elements that I really, really like. Yes. I really want to see deployed in a different book. We really just need to start at the first in the series one of these days, Lane. That said, man, the, clearly the rest of the series was just as situationally angsty as this book. Uh Uh-huh. And that does scare me. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should do a different one, different series. I think that might be the answer. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, use your own discretion here if the content warnings and the descriptions, if you kind of want a not explicit, really compatible couple and you can totally handle all the wider plots, shenanigans, like, you're going to like this. Grace yeah. Pro has, has a talent. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. if you want, like, escapist fluff... This is not that. The couple is, but nothing else is, which is what makes it really tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, as we already gave the spiel, so have a good one. (laughs)